Before we jump into today's lesson, I've got a little bit of housekeeping for you. And that is that this is the beginning of our 12th and final week of the lessons that will be coming out in TPS. Not to worry if you're not up to date with all of your lessons, it's totally fine to keep going at your own pace because the room is going to be open for 12 more weeks uh, for you to catch up and still connect with people and get questions answered and so on and so forth. So uh, really we're only halfway through, there just aren't going to be any more lessons after this week. All right, just wanted to let you know uh, that there's no rush to blast through uh, from wherever you are to the end but also give you a heads up that we are at the halfway point of the room. All right, on to today's lesson. A great way to offer up your expertise for group consumption is to design a talk. In this lesson, I'm going to walk through the six things I think about when designing a talk, and then I'll give you an example of how to craft an abstract that you can use to market and sell it to your ideal buyers. Talks can take many forms. It could be something like a strategic presentation designed for a board of directors, or maybe an innovation workshop for executive leadership, or maybe a how-to kind of workshop or training session designed for full-time employees who are pr practitioners in your field. When I'm thinking about creating a new talk, there are six considerations that I keep in mind to kind of just sketch it out and get a feel for what it might look like. The first three you're going to be very familiar with. Who is it for? What pain does it solve? And what is my promise to the buyer or the audience in this case? These are the same considerations that I would use for any product or service offering. And we've talked about them at length previously in the, in the seminar. The three new things that are specific to a talk would be what format is the talk going to be? Where will it be? What's the location? and what is included in the talk. When it comes to our three normal considerations that you would have for any product or service, who is it for, what pain does it address, and what is your promise, you can lift that from work you've already done. You're gonna target the same audience, it's gonna target the same pain, and you're gonna make a similar promise to some of your other products and services. There's gonna be a particular outcome or a particular needle that you're going to move and you might need to adjust their expectations of how far that needle is going to move in this particular format. Might be different than a one-on-one -on -one engagement or some productized service or what they might get out of a book that, of yours that they read. Um, but it's going to be in the same ballpark as the, the types of promise that you're making with your other offerings on your product ladder. Okay, so let's talk about format, location, and what's included. For the format... You could do something like a lecture where you're standing behind a podium in front of uh, a sort of auditorium seating, or you could do a training uh, scenario where it's basically you again in front of the room, but the attendees are maybe sitting at long tables, taking lots of notes. Maybe they've got their computers out and they're working on something. Or you could do a workshop style format where maybe it's more of a round table setup and you're moving around the room and you're, you know, people are getting up and um, sort of breaking into groups and putting stickies on the walls, and it's a much more fluid arrangement. The format that makes the most sense will be the one that's comfortable for you. You know, maybe you've got experience with workshops or you've got more experience with a lecture format. And the needs of the buyer. So if the attendees are going to, uh, if the topic and the attendees are make more sense in a workshop style versus a lecture style versus a training style, 
then you know one of those is going to make more sense than the other. So what you're hoping for is an overlap between the format that you're comfortable with and the needs of your attendees within the subject matter. What location makes the most sense for your talk? It could be remote. It could be something that you present with video conferencing software uh, in a lecture style, or it could, if you use advanced software, it could be much more interactive and approaching the level of an actual workshop, even though it's remote. Or the location could be on site at the client's location and you fly there, you fly around to different locations and you present your talk in their facility. Or maybe you've got your own facility, maybe in the co-working space or your office building. Uh, there's a space where you could have attendees fly to you, where the, the client has a, a private um, talk with you, but it's in your site. Just like location, the right choice is going to depend on your comfort level, uh, your situation, and the needs of the client. So if you're really comfortable using advanced video conferencing software, that might make the most sense for you. Um, if, if not, and you don't mind flying around, then maybe going to their site would make the most sense for you. It's, it's much easier. You know, you have to fly and that's not the easiest, but they'll have AV people and the whole place will be set up. You can just show up and, you know, start rolling. So whatever makes the most sense, you want to sort of decide that now because it's going to be an important difference from one client to the other, you know, what the, what the actual location is going to be online or in person on their site or at your site. What's included with your talk? Different talks have different uh, expectations in the attendees about what they're going to get out of it. And having some sort of takeaways or value adds can help uh, increase your price or justify higher prices, but it also makes the whole idea more tangible. Makes them feel like they're buying something more tangible than just like somebody talking to them or some workshop that, you know, who knows if they'll even apply it. So these could be something as simple as, providing slides or uh, speak with speakers notes like a handout or it could be something a little bit more um, organized like a workbook that they go through maybe it's printed out maybe it's virtual maybe it's a download and print type of thing Uh, or it could be uh, aftercare it could be some kind of follow-up where anybody who attends the talk has access to you in say a slack room or some sort of conferencing software for three months afterwards to ask any follow-up questions Maybe it's customization of the talk where they are allowed to meet with you in advance, maybe, you know, up to three times to kind of customize the content to be more specific to their needs. All of these different uh, items that I've listed and other ones that you could dream up potentially are what I would say you could include with a talk. This is what's included, what's in the box uh, with the talk that will help you increase the value, perception of the value in the buyer's mind and therefore increase your prices. Hopefully, as I'm talking through these different considerations, uh, some of the examples that I'm giving are sort of popping out to you as the obvious choice for you or your target buyer. You know, maybe an online lecture style presentation for back pain sufferers about how to sit at their desk, you know, blah, 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 blah. So hopefully something, some of these things are clicking with you immediately and you're taking some notes about how the talk would be structured, where it would be, what would the format be, what would be included And of course, always, who's it for? What's the pain? And what's your promise? Once you kind of have an idea around this sort of gelling together and and, um, taking form in your mind, the next step would be to write an abstract for it. 
Writing an effective talk abstract is a bit of an art, so what I want to do is walk you through a few examples to inspire you as you think about writing yours. The first example uh, is an old talk of mine that I used to give for O'Reilly, and I wanted to start with it because it has the most detail and it's the most specific. So, it, you know, maybe it's appropriate for the kind of talk that you would give, and anyway, that's where we're going to start. It starts off with a title. Responsive Web Design Bootcamp. Okay, here's a description. It's very short. In this hands-on webcast presented by Jonathan Stark, author of Book 1 and Book 2, you'll learn why it's no longer safe to assume that visitors to your website are sitting in front of large monitors equipped with a keyboard and a mouse. As smartphones overtake the desktop as the primary portal to the web, and as new device types and interaction models continue to emerge, Designers need to adopt future-friendly strategies that support a full range of user context with a single code base. So that gives you a, a pretty quick overview of what's involved in the talk. It mentions designers, but then I get more specific, or the description, the abstract gets more specific about what will be covered. Bullet point one, the one web philosophy and benefits, next bullet. Mechanics of media queries, next bullet. Code organization and best practices. Next bullet, adding support for adaptive images. Next bullet, fallback techniques for older browsers. Who is this webcast for? This webcast is for web designers and developers who are interested in creating mobile websites and web apps. A working familiarity with standard HTML, CSS, and JavaScript would be helpful but is not required. So there, I make it 100% clear that I'm talking about web designers and developers. You can kind of pick that up from the description, uh, but it's not super explicit. So here I get really explicit about it and indicate the prerequisite, which is it would be nice if they also knew HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, which this group of people is surely going to know. Uh, and then there's a, a bit about me, which I honestly don't consider part of the abstract, but it doesn't hurt to have a good bio of yourself that is short and sweet and just hits on the highlights, not every little thing you ever did. Uh, but the highlights that are relevant to potential buyers for this talk. Okay, so this is the most detailed one. It's going to be the longest one that we look at. And you can, still, you can see that it's still pretty short. The next example is from Dan Pink's uh, page at his speaker bureau. And it's, it's more concise than the previous example. Uh, and if you scroll down, you can see... It's sort of a weird design, but over on the right-hand side, he's got these different topics that he can speak about. Uh, so I'll just pick one, you know, make time work for you. This is sort of a, a generalized topic or talk that he gives. He's put together and he gives this same talk over and over. Here's the description. All hours of the day are not created equal, says Pink. In his book, When, he details the three natural stages our bodies go through each day, peak, trough and recovery and explains how you can maximize your moods and performance by taking advantage of the clock. If we look at the evidence, we can be doing the right work at the right time, he says. So that's very high level. Uh, it talks about, you know, he wrote a book about this that kind of gives him some authority status there. And it's kind of like a productivity topic. You can tell that from, from the uh, description. It's very horizontal. It's very broadly applicable. But they add this relevant to area where it says associations or the professional services industry. So it gives a broad category of people who might be interested in this talk. If we look at some of the others, 
the relevant two area. This next one, uh, the secrets of workplace motivation. You know, short three sentence paragraph, relevant to corporations, senior management groups, so on and so forth. So this is less specific, much broader, but still there's a sort of relatively clear and um, uh, attractive description that's informative but enticing. And then some direction about who might care about this. But very, very short. That's the important takeaway here. It's really short. The last example is from the website of Josh Clark, a friend of mine, uh, who spends a lot of time flying around speaking at conferences. And he'll do these sorts of talks uh, at, at a conference, but he also does them privately. And his uh, summaries are the briefest of the three. And I'll just pick one at random here. Uh, AI is your new design material. Discover the opportunities to use machine-generated content, insight, and interaction as design material in your everyday work. Okay, short and sweet. Uh, you're either interested in, um, you know, design for AI or you're not, or how AI can affect or be affected by design. And he doesn't make any, he doesn't connect the dots whatsoever between this topic and particular people. Hopefully it's implied a little bit in this description, probably, you know, product managers and founders and uh, maybe venture capitalists, those sorts of folks. But it's totally implied. He leaves it to the audience uh, to figure out whether or not they're interested in this. Uh, he certainly has quite a few of them here. And when you, if you click through to these, you'll find uh, examples so you can sort of decide for yourself whether or not you think uh, it's a talk that you'd like to have at your business in, in your company. He's got a little bit more information here, a little bit more detail. Uh, so this says, uh, this reads like so. Discover the critical role of UX and product design in AI, which is set to define the next era of digital products and our work. Learn to use machine-generated content, insight, and interaction as design material in your everyday work. Refit familiar design and UX processes to work with the grain of the algorithm to help the machine solve real problems without creating new ones. This lively and inspiring talk explores the perspectives and practical techniques that you can use today, like right now, not only to make exciting products better, but to imagine surprising new services. The challenges and opportunities of AI and machine learning are plenty. Discover your own influential role and learn to handle this powerful new design material with care and respect. So this gives a little bit more detail. Uh, it, it adds some credibility, uh, a sample of the talk, all of these things. You, you know, you can hear an audio version of it, hour-long audio version. Um, but the description is really short. It's two paragraphs. So this is an hour-long talk that he's boiled down into two paragraphs and tried to package it up in a way that is going to be enticing to the right kind of, uh, of audience members or buyers. Your to-do for this time around is to design a talk by going through these six considerations that I've provided. I don't mean writing the whole talk or creating the slides or a workbook or anything like that. Just go through the six considerations and provide a little answer for yourself after each one. You know, who is it for? What's the right format? What would be included? Those kinds of things. Just answer those things for yourself. If you have to guess, go ahead and guess. But put together a little brainstormy kind of sketch of what the talk would be and then, inspired by the examples that I gave, write an abstract for the talk, for what the talk might be like. 
Once you have that, share it with folks in the Slack room so we can kind of brainstorm around the idea and provide feedback. All right, we'll see you in Slack.